This is the best of the week on Relevant Radio. I have a note here from an LDS listener, and I think you'll know who you are when I read your email. And he says, Dear Patrick, I want you to know that I am still listening. I appreciate a lot of what you talk about. I want you to know this. I appreciate you a lot. This is from a Mormon listener, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. That's the official title. He says, I want you to know I've earnestly considered your words, and I must say that we're going to have to disagree about the Godhead or Holy Trinity. I really can't reconcile what you have said about the Godhead. I know that you are a well-read man and intelligent, thank you, but oftentimes great learning can lead to views based on rationality and not the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong, I respect your views on most things. Ever since I started listening to you, I have felt the Spirit of the Lord in many cases. I aver that God, His Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit are separate beings, he says. Heavenly Father is the Father of our spirits, and that is why He loves us so much. We are His literal offspring. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, because He loves us so much. One day, you and I will be at the judgment bar of the great Jehovah, and at this time we will know the truth of all things. And he concludes by saying, I wish you well, and I respect your views. You didn't waste your time in responding to me because I considered what you said very well. Very gracious and kind email. Thank you, first of all, for taking time. And I do appreciate the times when you do write to me every so often. I am aware that we have a significant number of LDS listeners, Mormon listeners, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I appreciate that. There have been times over the years when I've been at speaking events, for example, and a Mormon gentleman or a husband and wife couple will come up and say, we're Mormon, but we listen to your program every day and we appreciate it. So thank you, all of you, whatever your background may be. So I will just say this in response. I recognize that the Catholic teaching on the Trinity, which goes back to the early church, is difficult to understand, even for Catholics, because it's impossible to imagine it. Now, just think about this for a moment. As human beings, we are creatures who have body and soul, yes, and in our intellects, we receive information from our senses. So you get information from the world around you, just like I do, from your five senses, what you see and touch and taste and smell, etc. So the way the human intellect works is that you're getting physical inputs, things that you see and things that you touch, etc. But those have to be, you might say, converted into an idea. And the way that happens is the imagination creates an image of that. So if I said to you, lasagna, well, in your mind, you have an idea of lasagna. You have an image of it. You can imagine what it tastes like. You know what it looks like. You've maybe cooked it or your wife has cooked it for you. You've gone to a restaurant. You've had lasagna. Now, you don't need to have seen or tasted every single possible lasagna that was ever made in order to have an idea of lasagna as a category, as an ideal. And that's what your imagination does. Mine, too. So the imagination produces pictures, and this is how most people live their entire lives, is they, they understand things based on what they can imagine about it. Which is why, for example, if you go into Catholic churches in any part of the world, this is not uncommon to see, you'll see depictions of the Trinity 
as an old man with long white hair and a white beard. You've seen that, Cyrus, haven't you? The, oh, the yeah. God the Father? Oh, yeah. Everybody's yeah. seen that. Old man, white hair, white beard. And then Jesus as young man, dark hair, dark beard, and a bird as the Holy Spirit, a dove. Now, we read about the dove in the Gospels. The Holy Spirit did descend upon Jesus when he was baptized in the River Jordan under the appearance of a dove. But the Holy Spirit is not a bird. It was a symbol. It was a manifestation of the presence of the Holy Spirit when Jesus was baptized by St. John the Baptist. But the appearance should not make us think that, therefore, the Holy Spirit is a bird. It's a way for the human beings who are standing there observing what was going on for them to realize that the Holy Spirit was made present, present, and his presence was seen or perceived in the form of a dove. But again, he's not a bird. So we don't reason our way in that direction and say, well, we saw the Holy Spirit alight upon Jesus when he was baptized. He was in the form of a dove. Therefore, that must mean that the Holy Spirit is a bird. You can obviously see the faultiness of that way of thinking. So back to the imagination. Here's the thing I want to share with you about the Holy Trinity. We can't imagine it. And that idea of an old Father God with long white hair and a long white beard and a crown, and then Jesus, whom we have seen in the flesh, he did come to us as a man. And most depictions depict him with long, dark hair and a dark beard. No photographs, but at least that's sort of the common understanding of what Jesus must have looked like. And the Holy Spirit, by way of convenience, in the form of a dove, because this is what the Holy Spirit appeared as in the Gospels. But that's not what God looks like, as God, the, the triune God, doesn't look like that. We can't imagine what God looks like. He transcends time and space. Now, I realize here, too, we have a disagreement because as, as a Mormon, you, I know that you do believe that God is a, an exalted man, as Joseph Smith described it. And, you know, we could have that discussion at some point. But this is why I would just say, even though you've heard me talk about the processions of the persons in the Trinity and the Father eternally begetting the Son and all of these things, these are more theological principles, they defy the imagination. They defy our ability to imagine what this is like because there is nothing else like this. There is nothing that you and I could touch or see or in some way with our senses perceive, as we do other things, that could then give us this idea in our mind of what the Holy Trinity actually is like. That's why this is difficult. And that's why many people, with all due respect, might say, well, I don't believe that. And the real reason is because they can't imagine it. And you shouldn't feel bad because I can't imagine it either. I can't imagine a lot of things that I know to be true. And that's true just of human beings in general. So keep at it. Keep thinking about it. Um, I, I testify that the, the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost um, are not three separate beings. The Heavenly Father, God the Father, is our Father, but not in the way that some people think, that he literally procreated with spirit wives. I don't believe that. And over time... I'm really grateful that you spend as much time as you do thinking about it, pondering it. And I would just respectfully say, please continue doing that. How about Jared now in Orem, Utah? Good morning, Jared. 
Hi, Patrick. Uh, I just wanted to encourage you in what you're doing. I was uh, LDS for over 30 years mm-hmm. and then became a Protestant pastor. And then on this uh, Christmas Eve vigil uh, this last year, I became a Catholic. Oh, so, happy to hear that. Welcome home. So I know that you think about people that you've talked to, um, about the Trinity and things like that. Just know that, you know, nothing goes out there that doesn't bear fruit. Mm. Um, and that there are people like me who get to hear things, who get to actually see the truth. And it is a sacrifice. I did lose, you know, friends, family, job, and things when I left Mormonism. But just like, you know, Paul says, I count it all as lost to have the truth. So, mm. it, Wow. I have some questions for you. First of all, what was it that, as you were a Protestant pastor, what was it that sort of was a catalyst for you to look beyond where you were at that point? Weird enough, YouTube algorithms. Um, They placed a few videos in front of me that I wouldn't have normally watched, and I watched them and then discovered uh, the Church Fathers. I had my MDiv, but when you get that as a Protestant, you study, you know, basically Luther on in church history. (laughs) And... uh, so I actually read uh, St. Ignatius of Antioch's Letter to the Smyrnans, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, I'm the heretic. Okay, <laughs> check. Um, yeah. Church Fathers in for the win every time. If people are willing yes. to read the Church Fathers, it, you, you can't argue against it. They were Catholic. There's no, no question. Yeah. And it was early. It wasn't some made-up thing, so... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would imagine that leaving Mormonism was tumultuous for you, but I imagine the same was true for leaving Protestantism as well, huh? Yes, very much. Mm-hmm. Very much. I, uh, the people who mentored me while going through school and everything else are, I mean, I won't mention names, but they're yeah. fairly popular um, Protestant apologists. I'm pretty much anathema now. Yeah. <laughs> And you know, you're an anomaly to them, because those same people, I, I can imagine who some might be, and, and I believe they're sincere and convinced and all that, but for you, you're an anomaly because they are so convinced that the Catholic Church is evil and, you know, a corruption of true Christianity, etc., that for somebody to see it for what it really is, is incomprehensible to them, that, that you would read the Church yeah. Fathers with an open mind and recognize the Catholicity of the early church. It's just beyond them to imagine that anybody could do that. So I can only imagine the kind of comments you might have received. It's the whole Romans 1 thing, you know, claiming yourself Mm -hmm. to be wise, they become like fools. I mean, they think that you can read the Scripture and come up with the true gospel. It only took Martin Luther, what, 1,600 years? So (laughs) you're right, I am an anomaly, but... I think the truth is that Protestants don't even know what they're protesting against anymore. Mm -hmm. It's like Fulton Sheen said that only probably a thousand people dislike the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. but millions hate the Church based on what they think it believes. Once I let Catholic sources tell me what Catholicism believed, I realized it was straight in line with what I was looking for. Mm -hmm. And after taking the Eucharist, I will say that it was, I, I just felt complete. The thing I had been looking for forever throughout my life, was found. Mm -hmm. And the peace from that is unbelievable. How does listening to Relevant Radio affect your faith life now, Jared? 
it helps me um, deepen it. It gives me spots where I need to study more. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I, I, I can read the Bible backwards and forwards. I can read it in Hebrew and Greek and things mm-hmm. like that. But it's like, look at what this church father said and look at what this saint did. And I'm like, oh, well, let me go study that further. That's yeah. something I haven't grasped. So it really I helps in my faith. You can join me by listening to The Patrick Madrid Show on the Relevant Radio app, live each weekday at 8 to 11 a.m. And thanks for listening.